my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! It's time for school, but you're not going to be saved by this bell. Established in 2016, Stride Pro Wrestling trainers have put their years of experience to help train the next generation of professional wrestlers. Nearly a dozen students have graduated and are now making a name for themselves not only here at Stride Pro Wrestling, but beyond. Our athletes aren't locked into any long-term contracts, so if you want to train, use your head and contact Stride Pro Wrestling today. It's training you'll flip for. So kick your future into high gear now. Hey friends, welcome to episode 344 of the My 123Cents podcast. I am your host, Kevin Huntsperger, and joining me, for Movie Mania, it is Chad Smart, who is uh, on the East Coast. I'm sorry, the West Coast. I'm losing my coast here. Chad, what's up, man? West Coast is the best coast. <laughs> That's how I'll remember that from now on. Yeah. Uh, oh, it is a, uh, you know, as we record these, spoiler, when you're listening to this, it's not live. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not hiding out in your podcast player just waiting to talk but yeah so we're recording this on an early saturday morning early for me yes actually it's not that early but uh i think i laid in bed today for like 45 minutes before i realized oh i'm supposed to record should probably (laughs) get up so i'm curious to see where this conversation goes i am too because this is the no holds barred podcast that's a poor vince mcmahon uh impersonation Are you looking for a little escape? Want to see something you don't see every day? Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan is ripped. To the world, he's a hero. But to this man, he's history. Zeus. Stand back. Way back. Get ready for the battle no ropes can hold. No ring. No referee. No rules. Gentlemen, it's time. No holds barred. This is an unprecedented display of strength and determination. And I'm sure this show, or this movie, this film has been talked to death, but 
I'm curious to get your perspective and your thoughts on it because we just passed the 32 year anniversary of No Holds Barred being released in movie theaters. And Chad, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, was this the first, and I know it wasn't called WWE Films back then or WWF Films even, it was Shane mm-hmm. Distribution Company, which obviously named after Shane McMahon, but is this the first movie in that, uh, that umbrella? Uh, I would you know? assume so. Yeah. I don't, uh, you know, because I can't think of any other movies that, that Vince McMahon would have been involved with. And I don't even know how much, no, I'm looking. I'm trying I think to find he's got a credit as, as executive producer Vince McMahon does. I, I think. I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I was trying to find the full crew listing here on IMDb. Um, yeah, and you know, an executive producer is, I mean, for the <laughs> first uh, you know, five or six films, I think, that The Rock did, or Dwayne Johnson, sorry. Vince McMahon gets a executive producer credit just because he owned the, the character The Rock. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Vince ever actually did anything. So, you know, did was Vince McMahon actually involved with this movie? And I've heard, you know, there were I've heard stories about how he and Hogan wrote this in a hotel room on um, <laughs> with some um, um, nose candy. I would say, yeah, okay. If I, I was trying to be more <laughs> subtle, but if you want to go there, uh, I've heard so, that too. I don't. We don't know if that's true. I don't know. I mean, the the writing credit. On IMDb is credited to Dennis Hacken, which would have been a lot more interesting if it had been Dennis Haskin. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> Mr. Belding wrote this movie who, uh, let's see, I'm looking up his credit, and he's only written seven films. Although he did, I mean, pr- prior to No Holds Barred, he wrote two Clint Eastwood movies, Bronco Billy and Heartbreak Ridge. So mm. a little bit of good pedigree there. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's about. I I recognize no other films of his. So, well, yeah, yeah. I, go, ahead, go ahead. I got nothing. I was just oh, oh. so go ahead. So obviously, you know, we're we're kind of we're still a few years removed from the success of Hulk Hogan's appearance in Rocky Three, where he played Thunderlips. Um, it was only, I think, a matter of time before Vince McMahon was going to capitalize on the star power of Hulk Hogan and try to make that transition and that crossover into Hollywood. I think by this point, though, Jesse Ventura had already done Predator, Predator. right? Predator and Running Man probably would have been coming out about the same time. If it didn't come out at the year before, I'm trying to remember when it came out. But an interesting footnote that I I've read about uh, the Rocky three appearance for Hogan, which I didn't remember because I also don't remember how early Rocky three came out. And I like, that seems like more of a mid eighties film instead of an early eighties film is that Vince McMahon senior actually fired Hogan from the WWF uh, for appearing in the movie. And I, I do remember reading that. And that's, I think that's where it really kind of came the, the difference between Vince Sr. and Vince Jr. was, or I know they're not senior and junior, but uh, was, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Mr. McMahon, as we know now, kind of had that vision for crossing into the mainstream, into pop culture, whereas dad didn't necessarily think it or, or, or envision it the way he did. Um, because I, I also believe, and this is another side tangent, that 
Kaufman, Andy Kaufman had originally pitched his idea to Vince McMahon uh, in New York. Obviously uh, it didn't work and, or didn't work there. And, and, you know, Memphis gladly picked up the slack there, but uh, it would be interesting to see how different that story would have gone down had they used WWF talent back in that time. So um, storyline wise in, in the WWE at this time, Hulk Hogan is the WWF champion, uh, winning it in 1984, and going on to having a successful four-year run. And in February of 1988, Ted DiBiase pays off Andre the Giant and the Hebner twins to screw Hogan out of the championship. Hogan loses the belt. The belt gets held up. The WrestleMania Four tournament happens. Macho Man Randy Savage is anointed the new champion. Hogan passes the torch and then seemingly kind of fades off into the sunset to go do No Holds Barred. And it's interesting because they didn't do like an injury angle. I know a couple years later when he went to do, I think, Suburban Commando Earthquake, you know, puts him on the shelf. But this was just more of a Hulk goes away for a bit. You know, we don't see a whole lot of him on TV until uh, the build for SummerSlam, the very first SummerSlam later that summer. So, Obviously, the time away, he's, he's off making the movie. Now, do you remember this time period? Were you, were you, I know you were watching, but were you actively watching throughout the summer and kind of following the Macho Man uh, storyline with Ted DiBiase? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I was glad for Macho to be champion at this time. And, um, you know, my memory of specifics, other than the main event happening and then WrestleMania, and then I don't remember a whole lot else through, you know, I guess SummerSlam when the Mega Powers teamed up, mm-hmm. um, you had that, and then, um, but but yeah, I, it, you know, it's very it's interesting because again, we talk about the differences in the product today versus back then. Is you say, oh, Hogan wasn't on TV that much. Well, Hogan really wasn't on TV that much anyway. You know, other than Saturday Night's main event or a big special. You know, it's not like you know if he was if if Raw or Primetime wrestling would have been what Raw is today. Yes, Hogan would have been on every single week with mm-hmm. you know a fifteen minute interview. But you know, absence didn't really make the heart grow fonder. In my case, as I've mentioned, I was not a Hulkamaniac after WrestleMania one, um, and and you know I was really bummed when Hogan came back and beat Macho at WrestleMania five. I was like, no, okay, Rude won the IC title. That means Savage is going to retain the world title. Uh, you know, I, I was not a fan of the Orange Goblin, as uh, some like to call him. Um, but yeah, I, I and you know, talking about No Holds Barred, I my my friend and I would take our dads to. We would, I'm air quoting, take them to see movies for Father's Day when really it was us getting them to take us to see movies for Father's Day. And uh, this was the 1989 Father's Day outing to the theater. Awesome. So I was going to ask you about that. So you actually saw this uh, at the movie theater. Do you remember? Was it was it crowded? Because this Father's Day would have been a, a couple of weeks after the film was actually released, and it actually did pretty well at the box office. It basically doubled its budget of uh, you know six million or sixteen million dollars. It took allegedly eighteen or I'm sorry, eight million to to make. So was it crowded at the theater? Uh, where I grew up, it was never crowded at the theater. So, uh, yeah, the thing that got me, and I didn't realize this until years later, is we actually did a double feature of this and then 
um, the prequel to the film that we saw last month here, Movie Mania, the classic Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movie, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. <laughs> and I did not realize that Joan Severance was in both films. Yes, that's right. So that's, that's how much attention I paid to, <laughs> to the cast back then. Yeah. So uh, what did you think? You know, you are, what, 13, 14 years old in, in 1989? 15. Uh, 15. Okay, so what what did you think of of this uh, this movie, and what did your dad think? Was he a wrestling fan? No, my dad dad really wasn't much of a wrestling fan, and he's not really, you know, he he's one of those that will he will watch movies when they're on TV, but he doesn't follow. You know, he couldn't tell you probably any much about any movie or any actor or anything like that. So again, it was more of he and and my friend's dad just taking us to to see films and, and, you know, doing what parents do, um, yeah. whether they want to or not. Um, but I, I mean, I remember liking the film, but I don't remember that much about it. And I guess we should throw out the disclaimer that when we decided to do this film, mm -hmm. it was streaming somewhere in the vast streaming universe. But then when this week, when we decided to watch it, it is now streaming nowhere. And I mean, you can't, I couldn't even find places to rent it, which surprised me. So, um, so yeah, so we're going off of memory here and uh, it's, I don't think I've seen the full film it, from start to finish in, since I walked out of the theater that one day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, for some reason, you know, by 1989, summer of 89, I was 16, I was driving I don't know why, and, and probably because I didn't have, by that time of, of my life, I didn't have a lot of friends who were wrestling fans. I didn't have a lot of friends either, but <laughs> another story for another podcast. But, you know, so probably trying to convince someone to go and see the movie, and I, I, I guess I could have taken my dad too for Father's Day because my dad is a wrestler, or, you know, back then was a wrestling fan. He watched with me and, and took me to events. So, I don't know why we didn't go see it in the theater. Now I worked at a grocery store in the video department. And when this movie came out, it was one that we did, or I did rent and, and watched it on VHS along with see no evil, <laughs> hear no evil. Um, so keeping that theme going on as well, but um, you know, I, and we'll get into our thoughts and feelings of it later on, but for some reason, a few years ago, and I don't even think it was a few years ago, probably within the last year or two, I watched it somewhere, and I don't know where it was streaming or... or I think it used to be on Hulu. Was it on Hulu? Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's where I watched it, but, uh, you know, Bruce Pritchard on on the podcast that he does, they they have talked about it, and they've done the watch along and, and everything that it kind of spawned and, and whatnot, but I guess for folks who haven't seen it... it, it Kind of chat if you don't mind, encapsulate it, sum it up for us. Well, you know, it is the typical vehicle that you would expect Hulk Hogan to be in, especially for his first film. Yeah, and you know, also going back to the fact that this movie came out in the '80s, which were I think the height of the, you know, action. I mean, there's a lot of action films today, but the '80s you kind of had a standard template of action films, and you had. People, stars, you know, like Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, so uh, Hulk Hogan stepping into a film role, you weren't expecting, you know, like today when you go see a Dwayne Johnson film, 
he ha- he has a little bit of variety in his performances, but Hogan, you knew going to watch it, you're going to see Hulk Hogan. Right. And, you know, we've discussed it before on this podcast, I believe, where maybe that's one of the reasons why Hogan wasn't as successful in his films, because people maybe wanted to see something different instead of just seeing what they can see on TV every few months. Anyway, uh, okay, so I'm going to try to uh, remember what the plot of the film is. and um, I'll help you along the way. Okay, all I remember, actually, I'm, go- I'm going to cheat. I'm going to pull up the... Uh, the Wikipedia page and see just what I can, uh, what it says here. So this will be, uh, this will be like every, you know, book report I wrote in high school where I let someone else's. So the plot according to Wikipedia is Rip Thomas is the world wrestling federation heavyweight champion. Was he the WWF champion in the film? I don't, I don't think that. so. I don't think so. I don't think they referred to WWF, even though they used Jesse Ventura and Gene Okerlund and, yeah. and Howard Finkel. But I don't think they ever specifically. I think it was WWA. Okay. Um, it says his appearances on network television have been authored in the side of Mr. Brell, the head of the struggling World Television Network. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Um, so Brell offered once uh, Rip to become part of his television network which Rip uh, denies and then angrier being stopped by a man. He considers a quote jock ass. Burrell tries to exact revenge to no avail as Rip fights off his goons. And then later he um, visits the no count bar where he comes up with his own wrestling program called battle of the tough guys. The show is successful due to the introduction of Zeus an ex comic and former protege of Rip's trainer, Charlie. Zeus wins the tournament, and then blah, 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 blah. Zeus and, and Rip end up fighting later on in the film. That's well, all you very much need to know. Yeah, and they mess up his younger brother, Randy. I, I remember that kind of being the, you know, of course. Uh, Catalyst for Rip to get involved, yeah. I, I don't, I mean, it, the, the premise obviously is, is silly, it, it, but it's a movie. So you kind of put that to the side and, and you know, it is what it is, but it, it obviously, it's more of a, a, like a tough man UFC kind of stuff than wrestling, I thought, you know, even though Rip yeah. is supposed to be the, 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 you know, the wrestler, but, you know, obviously today, in today's world, I, I don't think wrestling was as exposed, I mean, I know that the 2020 special had already aired by now and, and fans were kind of in on how wrestling was, but I don't think a film like this would, you know, cause there's like, no, it, it's all presented as, you know, legitimate, a legitimate fight. And obviously wrestling is not like that at all. But d- did you think that the uh, Kurt Fuller character, uh, the Mr. Burrell or however you said his name, mm-hmm. You know, there were points where I, I almost felt like that was kind of a Vince McMahon-esque character. Did you feel that way or not? Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, again, I'm letting the sirens go by because I believe someone is out there with another broom sweeping <laughs> the s- streets of crime. Um, that's a joke if you follow me on Instagram. So, I uh, yeah, I can see where the, that character probably was inspired by Vince McMahon and what Vince McMahon thought he was, especially if he wrote the script um, or had a 
you know, hand in creating the storyline. But yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to your comment about, you know, presenting wrestling as real. Yeah. I think definitely they weren't going to um, expose the business. And I'd be curious, you know, in a future episode, uh, rewatching the movie body slam to see how that, cause that one was more about a wrestling promotion and, and how they treated wrestling in there, which another movie that I haven't seen since the eighties. Um, I've never seen it. So I okay. think you really want to do that one soon too. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Trying to think of, of where I was going with this. It's the, yeah, this movie was basically. I, I was kind of surprised. Yes, you, you right, like you said, it's more of a tough guy. It's more of a, a brawl for all uh, situation where it's kind of underground fighting instead of in the ring wrestling, or at least that's what it turns into when they bring in Zeus and and trying to beat up Rip. Um, so, which is an interesting aspect, especially since MMA, you know, wasn't around at the time. It wasn't. So that couldn't have been an influence, but um, maybe they were just trying to show how tough Hulk Hogan was, even though it's a movie. And you know, well, the other interesting thing I thought that kind of came from this, where I, I don't know that we've seen this happen very often since, is you know Tom Lister Jr., Tiny Lister, who we know from the Friday movie franchise and and other films, but, uh, and recently passed away, but WWF brought him on to programming and actually involved him in some pretty high profile angles. And there's actually a rumor that WrestleMania six was supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus Zeus. I don't know if that's really true or not. I'm glad that we got Hogan versus (laughs) Hoyer instead, but I found it interesting because we never saw Zeus in singles action. You know, he was uh, in the uh, tag team match at SummerSlam. He was in the tag team match at Survivor Series, you know, with the million dollar team and the power or the million dollar man and the powers of pain. And then, uh, you know, later in the year, the no holds barred match movie cage match, which was a tag team rematch from SummerSlam. So what did you think of, of bringing in Zeus, who obviously, you know, tiny Lister was a huge man. He, he, looked the part he he looked like a wrestler and and could have been one of those guys that you would have seen uh you know one of the monsters that hogan has to conquer you know a la you know warlord barbarian uh, kamala uh, kamala you know all of those you know kind of characters so would it have been better to cast uh, a, a wrestler in that role or were you okay with you know kind of i think it's easier in my opinion to put a wrestler in that role than it is to bring an actor into the wrestling role. But maybe I'm wrong. Hmm, see, I was going to disagree with you. I was going to say it's easier to teach a wrestler to, or an actor to wrestle than a wrestler to act because. But, I mean, let's, let's face it. There wasn't a whole lot of acting on Zoo. And, right. and this isn't to disparage him, but I mean, his role on the movie was very similar to his role in, in the ring. I think I, he didn't hmm. really do a whole lot of talking or, you know, it was just basically kicking people's asses. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm trying to remember back. I don't think I knew who Tiny Lister was prior to No Holds Barred. So bringing him in kind of as an unknown yeah. entity kind of worked. Um, obviously, he would go on to, as you said, the Friday movies, um, the Fifth Element, uh, a bunch of films where you're like, oh, okay. I mean, it, I think he became known more 
and then maybe it's just my wrestling knowledge, but he was more Zeus than Tiny Lister. You know, when you show up in a movie, you're like, oh, that's Zeus. That's, yeah. you know. Um, and yes, again, going back into the 80s where, you know, Ho- whoever Hogan was fighting, like you said, the monster of the month club, he didn't have to have a five-star work rate match. It's just go out, get beat up for a little bit, hulk up, you know, point the finger of doom, big boot, leg drop, send the crowd home happy. So there wasn't a whole lot that Zeus was going to have to do or Tiny Lister was going to have to do inside the ring. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised that maybe they didn't go with a, bringing in a wrestler from another territory who, you know, had the size. uh, And I, you know, I can't think offhand who that could have been back in this time frame, like who was around in the, you know, in the territory scene, but um, no, I, I mean, I think they did fine with Zeus and it, again, it probably helped make Tiny Lister, Lister a bigger name than he was or would have been because I think, you know, when he went in for auditions and he said, hey, I'm Zeus, they're like, okay, well, we got Zeus in our film, so. So let yeah. me ask you this, there is a little uh, factoid there is a WWF wrestler in this film who has a whole different appearance in the movie. Do you know who that is? Or do you uh, know who that is? I, you looking at Wikipedia to figure out. Who that is? <laughs> no. Um, the only thing I know, the only other wrestler that I know that is in the film is Stan Hansen. And I wouldn't call him a WWF wrestler, even though he is in the WWE hall of fame. But uh, is there someone else? Yes, Bill Eady, who we know as Demolition okay. or the Masked Superstar, I believe is Rip's opponent at the beginning of the film where they're doing the commentary with Mean Gene and, uh, and Jesse Ventura. So um, he it doesn't have the makeup on or anything like that. He's just wrestling as, and I don't remember what they called him in the movie, but uh, he's in it, and I, and I had forgotten about Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen's part of the Tough Man competition, I believe, isn't he? Yeah. And Bill Eadie plays Jake Bullet. Jake Bullet. Okay. I think is a name that some wrestler needs to use now. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, and it's, it's interesting to me that um, how long they kind of carried this out with Zeus because the movie mm-hmm. comes out in June. Yeah. Uh, we start seeing him on TV and, you know, building up to the SummerSlam match. Uh, he's there, for, again, like I said, for Survivor Series. And then and this was before WWF was doing monthly pay-per-views too. So they were able to let things breathe a little bit more, which I think is something that's missing in today's world. Um, everything kind of culminates at the end of the year with the, the no holds barred pay-per-view, which ended up being the match or the movie. I think they did the movie and then they played the match, which was in a cage. Uh, like I said, it was Macho King and, and Zeus against Hogan and, and Brutus Beefcake. Um, you know, I can't imagine them doing anything like this. Well, I guess now that they have WWE Studios or WWE Films, you know, a lot of their talent, hmm. established talent, you know, Miz and and uh, Miz Kane and all those, you know, they're already active on the roster. So, uh, you know, I, I don't see them getting a an actor to come in and, and do that long of a kind of a promotional period. But, I, you know, and I don't know how much of that 16 million is based on just box office versus then 
the pay-per-view and, and all the extras that kind of went along with that. Yeah. You know, I, you bring up a good point about the wrestler with WWE, WWE films, how they haven't, I'm surprised they haven't tried to kind of incorporate something into a storyline. You know, like the Miz has been in 27 Marine movies, but he's never presented as the Marine or, or someone from the Marine film showing up to get revenge. You know, they, 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 I guess, make that hard separation between WWE talent and acting. And, you know, even like their last few films, I don't think have gotten, have received as much attention and, and promotion on WWE programming as the early films did. Cause it would seem like, you know, as we discussed last month with no whole or see no evil, you know, they did a the whole thing around May 19th, May 19th, just to get that into your, um, your brain that something was happening on May 19th, but, um, you know, and, and maybe it's because a lot of the films now are just going direct to video. So, um, instead of being in the theater, but yeah, I, I think they need to do more cross promotion and make a movie that turns into real life that then turns into a reality show that then comes back into WWE programming somehow. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know how that would be, what that would work, but that's what I want to see. Well, one thing that we like to talk about here too is kind of if this were to be made in in 2021, mm-hmm. who would we cast? Could it be you know uh, reproduced and, and made? But I, I guess before we do that, let me get your thoughts on how do you rank this? Uh, we and use whatever system you want to use. <laughs> Typically, we say is it a main event? Is it a mid card match? Or is it enhancement talent? Um, so basically, you know, main event is, is your, you know, Top. eight to 10. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the mid card as, you know, four to seven and then one, two, three for the uh, enhancement talent. Yeah. You know, I, and I'm trying to think back, where would I put this 30 years ago versus now? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I probably, probably would have ranked it if we were doing number values a little bit higher when I saw after I saw it in the theater, then if I watched it now, yeah. but uh, I do love me a good cheesy bad film, so that also helps. But I, I would put this. I don't think this is a main event film, just because I think it's a little too. Um, I don't, it, it's a little too cheesy for an action film. Like you know, it, it's not going to compete with the Stallones and the Schwarzenegger films, and. Right. Um, you know, it, it's more of a Barbarian Brothers film, or uh, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the mid card. You know, it, it's fun for what it is, but uh, and again, it's Hogan being Hogan. So I think that also may will will influence your opinion on the film. If you like Hogan, you're probably gonna enjoy this. If you don't like Hogan, he doesn't really get beat up that much. Yeah, and you know, the other kind of surprising thing about this because this is back in you know the late era of the LJN uh, action figures. Um, And then we, you know, about a year or so later, they introduced the Hasbro line. I was really kind of surprised they didn't do more with that end of it, of of doing some action figures. Uh, I feel like if this movie were to come out today, Mattel would probably have introduced, and I'm kind of surprised, and there may be, and someone will correct me if I'm I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, a Rip and Zeus Mm -hmm 
uh, action figure as well. But if we were, and I, I don't know if I said it already, but I agree with you about the mid card um, ranking for this. Um, but where, if, if this were to be cast today, who would you put in the Hogan role or the, the rip role and who would, who would play the role of Zeus? Would you use a wrestler or would you use um, some sort of established acting talent out there? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I think you could turn the uh, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre feud into the No Holds Barred feud. And yeah. uh, I think that would work. But I'm trying to think who, you know, putting me on the spot and trying to come up with things early in the morning off the top of my head. Not the best for uh, a cognitive, cohesive podcast uh, conversation. Spoiler alert, every month we talk about (laughs) recasting it, so. I know, but, uh, you know, I'm a little bit busy throughout the week. I always wait until the last minute to do my research. Um, I'm trying to think who, you know, who are the big name you know, because I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to put Dwayne Johnson in there because I think that would just be too uh, limiting of Dwayne Johnson. Like I, I want to see someone kind of break out and break into a, a better character. And so, unfortunately, I don't think there's anybody with the uh, aura of a Hulk Hogan right now on the that I could think of of casting. You know, because all your action stars, your you know your Vin Diesel's, your Jason Statham's, I wouldn't put them in a you know, in a UFC fight. Um, so I don't know. Um, let me, give me your thoughts and I'll think about that and hopefully have an answer in 30 um, seconds or less. I, I feel like I always dip into the same well, but I, I think that, you know, John Cena mm. would, would be a good rip. I don't know that you call him, you know, if you use the same character name, but yeah. do you alter the character of Rip to make him more of that, uh, you know, all-American, uh, you know, because I almost feel like John Cena would be like kind of Randy Rip's brother in the movie. Whereas, you know, a kind of that wholesome goody two shoe kind of persona, at least from the wrestling world. But I, I, you know, for someone to be kind of believable and carry it and, and I agree not using the rock, uh, you know, I think John Cena or, or Dave Batista are probably your, your two best bets, but I think Dave Batista and, and I'm not knocking him, but I, I feel like, he's in his fifties now. And, and this role I think should be a, a bit more of a youthful role and not that John Cena is a spring chicken anymore either, but I don't really see anybody on the current WWE roster kind of crossing over into that role that would be big enough for yeah. a box office for someone to go to the movie theater and, and pay money to see. Um, so I would go John Cena as rip and, you know, for the, for the Zeus character, um, I don't know. I, I probably somebody from the uh, and, and maybe Batista is the Zeus character. You know, you get somebody from the MCU or or you know one of those action stars. I, I'm not up on my action films these days, so oh. I, I don't know who all is out there. Yeah, and you you mentioned the MCU, which makes me think that you know you have Chris Hemsworth, who is going to be playing Hulk Hogan in the Hogan biopic um you know he could probably do again i think you you look at it through different lenses of standard you know when this movie was made in the 80s 80s you needed that big muscular 
guy, whereas in 2020, you still want a, a muscular guy, but he doesn't have to be jacked. Like he's just, you know, more, more ripped, no pun intended, than, than bulky. But uh, I was going to go with, you know, the, probably the best acting former wrestling champion that we have out there, David Arquette. As, as, as Zeus. As Zeus. If Vince Russo's writing it, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have a good solid answer because uh, I, I just don't feel like I don't know. There's nobody in the action genre that really, uh, you know, makes me think of waiting for their next film to come out because other other than like Vin Diesel or Jason Statham. And I don't think, I mean, I think both of them make movies that are very comparable to, to no holds barred, but that means I don't really want to pay to see those films. I'll wait for them to come out on, on a streaming platform. So how many other Hulk Hogan films? because we, you know, we've, we've, we've drawn the comparisons in, in other episodes of, you know, how Hulk Hogan, it always seemed like, and I haven't seen a whole lot of his other movies, but it always felt like all of his films were Hulk Hogan. You know, it was just mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. The character might as well have been called Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Versus The Rock and versus John Cena and versus Dave Bautista, who I think are, are arguably the three most successful former wrestlers to go on to Hollywood. And, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I feel like they're a little bit more diversified in their characters or the, the roles that they've been cast in. Um, did, how, how many, you know, is No Holds Barred the best Hulk Hogan film, do you think? Or how many others have you seen to say that? And, and we'll, I'm sure, review more Hogan films down the road. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb, and I really hate that they incorporate all the WWE or WWF shows or video releases into his IMDb because uh, that's just annoying trying to search through. Like, I don't need, you know, WWF Strongman, The Brains Behind the Brawn. Hulk Hogan, Real America. No, shut up. You just give me his films. Uh, I think he had the best cameo in Gremlins 2. Oh, my. <laughs> Did you see that in the theater? I yeah. didn't see it in the theater, but I oh, okay. watched it not, oh, probably a couple years ago. I don't remember if it was streaming or if this was back when we were still renting DVDs, but I, okay. I did watch it because I had never seen it. So, Okay, yeah. It's another one I saw in the theater, and then when Hogan showed up, I'm like, Whoa, what's going on? Um yeah, looking at his filmography, um, yeah, there, there's really nothing here that uh, I, I mean. Not, I think No Holds Barred wins just uh, for lack of competition. Uh, you know, because you have Mister Nanny, Suburban Commando, which Suburban Commando is an interesting one. I'm sure if we review it, we'll talk about it. But uh, The Undertaker is in that before he was in WWF, and yeah. According to Hogan, he met Undertaker on the set and, and then like went and told Vince, oh, you got you to gotta hire this guy, brother. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true, but that's Hogan's story, and he's sticking yeah. to it. Uh, and then, yeah, I haven't seen Mr. Nanny. And other than that, the Thunder in Paradise TV movie and TV show was uh, a way for Hogan to hang out at the beach with his buddies and make money. So, But then, you know, I, I do believe I made you watch it or I sent you the DVD. Uh, 
Santa with muscles. Yeah. Probably the the best wrestling themed Christmas movie that was ever made. That that could be our December review. I and I did watch it. Okay. Uh, here's here's an idea. Charlotte Flair as Rip, Karma, or Austin Kong as Zeus. Um, I, I see where you're going. I don't know if Karma is healthy enough to to do the film, um, but you know, I, I think there are several other female. Do not say Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even on my li- list. I, you know, I was thinking maybe Nyla Rose, which I don't know if that's really a step up from Nia Jax, but. Um, yeah, no, I can see, and in this day and age, I I can see them do it. Actually, you know, I would say probably Bianca Belair as the Rip character because I think she she would be a better uh, babyface than Charlotte would. That's true. That's a good point. I, I yeah, I could and I could see Charlotte as Zeus. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We just recast it. Just flipped it gendered racial stereotypes like Hollywood likes to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as, unless you want to do a Nia Jax, Tamina Snooker, uh, Bailey combo, I know that would get all of your favorites in there. (sighs) Bailey's growing on me. I will say that. I will say that. So, uh, you know, obviously this was uh, a fun little nostalgia walk. Uh, We, Kind of called an audible, but the other movie that we were talking about doing is Knucklehead, and, and I, I believe you told me that you couldn't find that streaming anywhere either. Is that right? That is correct, and that is one I, I remember watching it when it came out on DVD, um, but I have not seen it since. And uh, yeah, I, I think the bar, the no hold bar, is set pretty low right now, but it, it can go even lower if we did watch Knucklehead. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Well, we will definitely find something else to watch for that, next month. And, and just, uh, Kevin, ideas. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe because we were talking to Dwayne Johnson, I'm, I'm, I'm smelling something now. I'm smelling, I don't know if that's you, but is it, it smells like Dookie. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to throw that line out there. Oh. That's actually in the trailer, and they cut it before he says it. But um, such a stupid, <laughs> stupid line! If you ha- if you don't know what we're talking about, watch No Hold Bar just for that line alone. Yeah, and, and it's on YouTube. You can just find that scene on YouTube, so you can just watch Maybe that. YouTube will drop it in. Yeah. Chad, anything else before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, you know, I was kind of curious where this conversation was going because we hadn't seen the movie in a while and didn't watch it previous to recording um so hopefully next month whatever choice we make uh we'll actually be able to watch the movie and if not i think that will be our gimmick going forward is guys who talk about movies that they haven't seen even though i mean we've seen it but not recently enough to yeah so we'll just make stuff up on our own so i thought it was a good conversation i I enjoy taking these strolls down memory lane and and talking about the past but uh friends we want to hear from you let us know what you think leave a review for the My One Two Three Cents podcast, you can also check out Chad on the Positive Cynicism Podcasting Network, where you've introduced a new podcast too with a fellow wrestling fan. Uh, but you're talking about uh, '80s bands and whatnot, and I thought yes. your debut episode of uh, Nothing But a Good Podcast was a good start. Yeah, well, good. I'm curious. I think we're recording 
the second episode this week, and um, I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I don't know if we're going to go, I don't think we're going to go chronologically like I do on my other podcast, Out of Touchstone, where we're going through the history of Touchstone Pictures. I think we're just going to be jumping and skipping around to different aspects of the 80s um, metal scene primarily, but I'm sure we'll at some point throw in some non-metal episodes because, well, the 80s had so much great music and uh, you know things we can tie them into. But yeah, we're cu- I'm curious to see where we go uh, with that show, and it's fun. It's 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 a new look into um, you know kind of like with this with movie mania as well, where I'm sure we'll get into movies that we <laughs> we'll watch movies we haven't seen before instead of talking about movies we have seen but didn't watch. But it's a chance just to uh, get you know learn new things about bands or films that uh, that we've known about for years and just never got around to watching or listening to so very well said friends again thank you so much for listening Uh, have a great week and we will talk again soon this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com (laughs) 